All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a ruckus. Describe the ruckus, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. Ain't it cool? First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. You people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tenhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears. Passing of the Great Rugger Hauer. DJ Nubis and... DJ Neko. With you on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Back with another episode. Uh, a lot of great music coming your way as well as a lot of different topics at hand that we always like to talk about. We love topics. Topics, yeah. topics, topics, topics. Topics. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Rugger Hauer. Uh, I had to kind of crash course DJ Neko into some of his projects that he was. Some she remembers. The some problem is, I just... She's not old school like me. No, I I don't remember... Hit, like, the movies that you were telling me, I'm like, oh yeah, I saw that. I just don't remember that he was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he did, he did a lot of great movies. Obviously, that was a clip from Blade Runner, the original one. Uh... Also, it was in The Hitcher, fantastic movie, Blind Fury, Nighthawks, Ladyhawk, for those that remember that. Surviving the Game, that's one we actually really love. Uh, we both watched that, I think, last summer. I remember you were like, have you ever seen this movie? And I'm like, no. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's an early Ice-T movie. And I'm like, mm -hmm. let's watch it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is pretty badass. Like, I like just, I, I love a good action movie myself, so... 
something like that, you know, surviving the game, the premises, they're hunting people, which yeah, is I think, fun. Uh, that was a whole thing, like we were talking about, where during the 80s, Rugger was, like, sort of, they tried to put him into a lot of, like, hero roles, like Arnie was in, or Sylvester Stallone, but I think he always worked out better as kind of, like, the asshole kind of guy. And those are usually the roles that people mostly remember for him for him. Um, obviously, uh, he was actually in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie with uh, Christy Swanson, but people remember that one a lot more because of Paul Rubens and his comedy. Comedy is a vampire in that, so... I saw that in the theater, and I remember begging my dad to take my sister and I. This was... 92, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, or definitely early 90s, And yeah. I wasn't quite 13 yet. It was a PG-13 movie. So I had to beg my dad to take my sister. My sister was 11, so it was an 11 and 12-year-old going. I can't to- remember why I went to see that. Like, I remember seeing the trailer and saying to myself, this looks like it's incredibly stupid. And it was incredibly awesome. And it turned out to be better than I thought. And of course, I wanted to see it because of Luke Perry. Right. So a few years later, they do the series with Sarah Michelle Gellar, and that turns out to be very good. I ended up enjoying the shit out of that series, but uh, I can still have fond memories of the movie because it just, on its own, works. I don't know. They they made it work. It was funny. Even Perry's character was kind of hilarious at moments. So, yeah. Anyway, you know. Uh, Rugger Howard is one of those guys that I really liked. A lot of his movies from early on just were awesome, and I was easy to get into. It's a shame, and it's I mean, like granted, he did have a pretty good life. Seventy-five. I mean, yes, you want to live as long as you can, but still, seventy-five is a pretty good age. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. It's just you think of, um, oh gosh, who who was it that we were watching that documentary about, and we found out he died. Um, Oh crap! I don't know. The boy. director of all those, oh, like the Larry stuff. Cohen, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Larry Cohen, we're like, oh, oh, I wonder what he's doing. And we found he he passed away this year, and we didn't realize it. But he he was eighty, and he had a, a great life and a great you know, you know, book of of movies and TV shows. And he would actually like sell scripts and. His wife said he worked like until he the day he yeah, died. He was he always it's just, just always writing. He always had ideas, just jotting things down. So yeah, he was eighty, and Rutger Hauer was seventy-five, and you just, you know, maybe because we are starting to get older, we're starting to. Yeah, well, that's exactly what it is. Like just within the last decade, like you know, you're watching all these stars and these musicians that you grew up with passing away, various different reasons, but it's like damn, you know, I feel old <laughs> watching a lot of people that I grew up idolizing and enjoying their work just all of a sudden going bye-bye. And it, it it does kind of put a damper on your day, but, you know, thankfully, we we do have the movies to look back on and remember. You know, that's the one thing. I know when, when celebrities or any kind of famous person passes away and they have a body of work that you can reflect on. I mean, we can even go like superstars like Michael Jackson, Mm -hmm. you know, he passed away and he has his, you know, music, his music, his, his movies, everything you can think of that you're like, okay, 
I can look back at this and and still take oh, yeah. take myself. It's back almost to, like a diary for mm -hmm. a lot of them. So it is. It's it's you know it it is sad, but I I hope I I get at least seventy five. Yeah, yeah. I'm approaching fifty, so I'm already like, just give me twenty five, thirty good more years. Yeah. Yeah, really. I, I'm younger than you. I'm gonna have to be wiping your butt when you're all old and senile. Well, that's gonna be fun. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put on my nurse outfit for you. I'll get you a hot nurse. How about that? that that'll work. I'll get you a hot nurse to get you. Here, this you a, greatest wife in the world. <laughs> a hot nurse to give you a sponge bath. But yeah, the, the the little clip there, you know, it's turned out to be kind of an iconic monologue for him from that movie, and it's like. Like I've already told me, so I don't think she's seen it yet. Is Blade Runner two thousand forty nine with Ryan Gosling, who is like. I'm one surprised of her... I haven't seen it. Well, you, yeah, you keep telling me you're gonna get bored, so I don't show it to you. But <laughs> the thing is, I didn't say I was gonna get bored. It, it, it's really a great movie. Like I actually like the new one over the, the original. No, but we both did. Are very good. We we started watching it, and I think I fell asleep, and that's why I I said like I like Harry Potter. Yeah, like Harry Potter. But I, I'm surprised because I am in love with Ryan Gosling a lot. Well, just the soundtrack's alone are great, and that actually "Tears in the Rain" is also done in a little modern version in the new movie. So it, the soundtracks are just fabulous. But anyway, speaking of sound, we have a lot of great music coming your way today. Got some Moonspell as well as some Ecliptic Vision new stuff from them. Uh, Paradise Lost. Um, also, of course, as usual, we have our nice little rock block in the middle. Missy will have her pick of the week. My pick of the week. Um, also got brand new stuff from Foray Between Ocean and a uh, band that we know too well, Nomos, courtesy of Mike Giuliano and the Horror Pain Gore Death Productions, Ectoplasma, Westerine, and Skeletal Remains, as much as many more as well, so. And speaking of which, I've got a brand new track from an EP uh, from a band called Sabotage from the Quobar Extreme Metal PR group. Uh, they continue to send me promo stuff, so I try to get them in when I can, and you're going to hear one now. It's the title track from the EP called The Order of Genocide. <laughs>
Hello everybody, this is Mike from Blacksmith Legacy and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, DJ Anubis and DJ Neko back with you on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. That was some brand new stuff I'm Dream Void, the Charlatan's Lantern from their new EP. Starting off that block with Sabotage. Uh, quick note about Quabar, the extreme metal PR group that sends me all the promos. So. I really do think they uh, generally have a very strong roster of bands. Like Most of the stuff they send me is like high quality stuff. So if you ever get a chance to go check out their roster of bands that they've got and the stuff that they're promoting, be sure to do that. they got a lot of great stuff there. Anywho, uh, my co-host here Yes, me. You. Me? What do I do? I don't know. What do you do? I'm a sailor. I'm a sailor, sailor. Hey, sailor. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, it's going to take a couple segments to get through a lot of this. I was reading up on the Marvel MCU universe, and uh, one of the things that came up, obviously, was the Blade reboot. Uh, for those that don't know, Blade, originally done by Wesley Snipes in the late 90s and early 2000s. It was one of the best movies when I first saw it. Oh my goodness, I was just... Again, love action movies, love vampire movies, something like that. Crisscross, <laughs> blew my mind. Yeah, of course, Blade Trinity featured uh, a younger Ryan Reynolds who stole that movie. Just with his one-liners alone were just <laughs> fantastic. He had me laughing the whole time. But anyway, we have a, a new Blade that's going to be taking over the role. And I'm going to let her try to pronounce his name because I sure as fuck Oh, it's, it's Marshala Ali. And um, actually, what I read about uh, Ali was he went to them and said, I really want to be Blade. And they they were like, you know, you're an Academy Award winning, you know, very well decorated actor sure i mean you know looking through his awards and nominations he's won best supporting actor for moonlight and green book uh british academy of film and television art awards he's won for um seems like he got a lot of stuff for even in the african-american awards for moonlight and green Mm -hmm. book um and he was i know more from house of cards and true detective season three so and he was great in both of those so I, i can see why uh, they have no problem letting him take that role. Um, what I'm hoping, though, and I, I know I've said this, I hope that, I mean, Wesley Snipes, he seems like he's happy for him. And oh, yeah, he's, he's very he's, on board. He's okay with it. but And it's kind of funny because I don't know how they're going to take the next Blade. I don't know if it's going to be a prequel, a sequel, uh, what kind of branch off of the MCU it's going to go. But it would be really nice because Wesley Snipes was such a great Blade. Well, that's a great point because kind of attaching to that is apparently Marvel wants to work Blade into the Marvel Universe. And one of the ways they might try to do that is through the next Doctor Strange movie, which apparently will also have Scarlet Witch involved. 
and from the description, I don't know much about it, but they are saying that the next Doctor Strange movie could be the probably the scariest of the Marvel movies. Which I'm on board for. Which would make a little bit of sense because Doctor Strange able to tap into different multi-universes could tap into one with Blade and mm -hmm. vampires and all that kind of stuff. So. Maybe bring them into whatever universe. I mean, we, we saw what happened, I'm not spoiling, I hope, with the last most recent Marvel Endgame Endgame you know we saw what happened where they were jumping back and forth between timelines, yeah. the timelines and then there's infinite infinite different possibilities it's, that's exactly what Doctor Strange has you know mm -hmm. said so it it is you could pull anything into there Honestly, you could be like, let's get flying monkeys, and let's go to the portal that has the flying monkeys, and let's go to the universe that has the Wizard of Oz, you know? So, I like things like that, because... The thing I got wondering, though, because they've already done Spider-Man, which works well. And I know that recently, um, I, I was one of the few that didn't really mind the Venom movie, so... I, I You saw that while I was away, so I didn't get to see that yet. It's available. Okay. Um, but I wonder if they're going to try to do the same thing with Venom as they did with Spider-Man. Now, I know the that there is another Venom movie on board, but they've... Marvel and Disney, because Disney owns Marvel, Disney owns Fox, too. Disney owns ESPN. Disney owns everybody, and Disney knows what they're doing. They've got a lot of things coming up the pipeline, and... Um, Oh yeah, there's a lot of shit in the well, world. Some I'll be getting to later, but what they're talking about though, we might have to subscribe to that that Disney app. They have the app. I just haven't done. Anything I don't. With it. I don't think it's the official. It Disney. might not be active yet. Yeah, but. it's not the one that they're talking about because ESPN has their their paid app. The uh, I don't know ESPN Plus or whatever, and then Disney is coming out with their app. And Disney is going to release, like, standalone Marvel um, shows. And that's what they're pushing right now. And they're going to take away a lot of the Marvel things that they've put on Netflix. They, um, I don't know if it's just that Netflix doesn't want to pay the huge royalties or if... I think, I think Disney, Disney is just like, we're pulling the plug. And I think it's that because, as I read more, a lot of these... Networks are starting to do that. They're going to start They're pulling the own. office off of Netflix. What the hell am I supposed to do? CBS is bringing out their own. So now people thing. are basically faced with the same issues we had before we had Netflix because at one time Netflix could bring everything to one package and you can just check it out at your leisure. Even though it may not be up to date per season, you were able to go back and say, watch the first five Buffy the Vampire Slayer seasons without any issues. Oh, right now, that's with Supernatural. We're so behind, right. but... But, but, but that could disappear because if, say, what is that, on Sci-Fi or something? Uh, I thought it was whatever the WB was yeah. it turned into the CW. And a lot of these companies, these networks, are starting to do that where they're like, well, we're just going to take our content and we're going to create the app like Disney's doing. 
and just have our own CBS stuff. CBS is and doing that, pulling their 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 um product off of Netflix. Right. NBC. I I know for a while they were talking about pulling Friends off of Netflix, and people were up in arms. And now they're pulling The Office. It does kind of suck, but at the same time, as long as Netflix is still creating good content, which and good original content, and has uh, things that they have a trailer for The Witcher that I'm interested in. I'm interested in that as well. Uh, The Witcher. um, Crap! Who is that guy? The actor. I can't think of his name right now. But they yes, they've been pushing for that for a while. See, DJ Anubis and I have been part of Netflix since before most people were part of Netflix. Before they even had it online. Yeah, before they had streaming. We've been part of Netflix since before we were married. Since 2002, we have been part Three of, DVDs in the mail, yeah, baby. three DVDs in the mail. You put it in your queue. They send it to you. Life is good. And it just kept getting better and better and better and then finally um it was probably what 2008 when they started the streaming or yeah somewhere in that range and we we got the roku and we started streaming netflix and that's when we turned off cable we said (laughs) no more cable so now what's happening cable saw what's what was going on and cable is now offering reasonable packages again because they were jacking their prices up in the two three hundred dollar range now they're back down to about a hundred and thirty dollars and you're like okay well that's my cable internet and phone that's more reasonable and also on cable they have on demand you know so like it's 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 come full circle because everybody has decided they wanted to pull the plug be off the grid use you know their streaming services and then now everybody has their own streaming services, so you might as well just go back to cable so you can just you you know record what you want to record. It's just crazy. But anyway, getting back getting back to, to MCU. I'm sorry, I that's went okay. On a tangent. That's good. Uh, you know, like I said, it's interesting that they want to make Blade a part of that universe, which is good. Um, it's it'll make things interesting. Now I don't know if we're going to run into the same problem where. Truthfully, when you had stuff like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage on Netflix, I just I couldn't find myself diving into those series because even though Daredevil is really good, it also helped that it had Vincent love, D'Onofrio in there. I so. love Daredevil. I mean, but so the much. other ones I tried to dive into and I just couldn't. So I don't know if it's if we're going to start seeing an oversaturation. And that's but what see, I about. I didn't give. Jessica Jones a fair shot. I only watched maybe one episode. The problem is for me is I love Kristen Ritter. I love her as an actress and I've been following her career for a long time when she's been like a supporting actress. When she has been, you know, just girl next door. Yeah, girl next door, girl in the background. And I like her quirky like she was in Gilmore Girls. She was in um uh, Mona Lisa's Smile, she was... I'm trying to think of a couple of, like, things you could kind of see her... Oh, the, uh, Confessions of a Shopaholic. Like, you, she's in these, like, other roles, smaller roles, and she does such a good job as... And then now she's... Well, she's a good actress. So I, I love that she has her, her own show, and I really want to give it a fair shake this time. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little more about that in the next segment coming up. But uh, we're gonna jump back into the music here. Uh, three brand new tracks for you. Uh, 
Wandar, which is kind of like Wonder, Wander, or something like that, but Mysticism Black and also Ecliptic Vision. Nice. Uh, this Wandar track, though, I, I recently heard this last week, this earlier this week, and uh, Atmospheric Black Metal, fucking awesome. Not a perfect 10 album for me, but uh, I really, it was close, it was close, it, it was really good. So you're all going to check that out now, and we'll be back on a few.
DJ Neko. And DJ Nibbles with you on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Ecliptic Vision, Cephalic Anomaly. I think I still fucked that up because I have that way sometimes. I think that's right. You probably got it right. Let's pretend I did. Alright. So, to continue on with our MCU Universe stuffies. So we already talked about how they're trying to work in Blade, and then of course Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch are finally going to have a movie together with the next Doctor Strange movie. There's a lot of what I guess you would call solo movies coming out, Mm -hmm. as well as we talked about standalone, right? As well as Disney doing their channel, which is going to also feature uh, either TV series or their own movies that they're making. I know it's. I, I think it's going to be show. They're they're going to do shows on like Luke Cage, like Daredevil, right. and one of the ones they're going to be doing is featuring Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I'm going to get that channel because I love Winter Soldier. See, listen, you're already <laughs> you're like we're, we're ordering Disney. I think. That Disney, when they come full circle with this and they get on board, they're going to um, kind of package the ESPN deal. So they might give you both. Maybe. With that These are just rumors that I've read and there's nothing concrete yet. So... I mean, I have I have no problem with that because we go back and forth with like Amazon Prime. You know, I I always turn it back on around Christmas so I can buy gifts. But <laughs> at times, we don't even watch anything on Amazon Prime, and we don't buy anything. So I just turn it off for a few months and then turn it back on. So like, I think that's what most people are going through right now. Again with what subscriptions are most important to them. And Disney is coming in strong, fighting against Netflix because they've got this huge catalog. They want that viewership. And they they know they're going to get them because Marvel... um, Yeah, they wouldn't succeed if they were just taking the movies that are already out. So what they're doing is they're making their own content like Netflix does, and that's what's going to draw people in. But they're they're taking all of their own movies because they own Marvel. Right. Because... They, they have that whole uh, universe, and then they have their classics, too, that, they're, that are going to... Oh, yeah, you're going to get all the animation. And then think about what the kids like, High School Musical. Beauty and Beauty and Beast yeah, is going to be going. All the kids' stuff is going to be on there. Everybody's going to need it. We're going to need it because we need to see Marvel. My sister's going to need it because she has three kids, and they all like Disney. It's... Everybody's gonna need it, and they and Disney knows they've they've made a very smart business choice by doing this. Yeah, and I, like I said, the Falcon and Winter Soldier—that's gonna be a series. I know on there. Do you think they'll be like buddy cop? Probably. It would be so great. Um, I know standalone movies right now, as we speak, is Black Widow and Hawkeye. I'm not sure if Hawkeye really needs one. I'm not sure how much draw that's gonna get. I'm not. Is big into the Marvel comics as maybe she was, or back in the day I was. But as a character from the movies, I don't know if he's actually one that I would waste an entire film on. Maybe in the series, so it may be just a series. It may just be a Disney, like maybe not released a Netflix original. Yeah, well, a Disney original. Black Widow, I know, is definitely going to be a movie. Also, uh, one of my favorite characters, which you wouldn't pick up on. And I'm glad that he's alive, and I'm glad that he's going to get his own movie as Loki. So I'm really happy about that. So Hiddleston will come back 
and actually did a standalone movie with that. And of course, as we talked about with Endgame, <laughs> the fact that he was able to snatch the fucking device, or what was the fuck it was, uh, the, the cube, mm-hmm. and disappear. So, we talked about that offline, explain to our listeners. So when we're watching Endgame, I kept saying, what about that that alternate universe or when they went back in time and then Loki snatched the Tesseract yep. and disappeared when they were supposed to be taking him away to jail. So that opens up a whole different... That could timeline. be Yeah, that could be Loki's world. So he has the Tesseract in another timeline in the past. It's, it's crazy. So I'm kind of excited for that too. Yeah, he's one of the more interesting characters just because he plays that whole anti-hero thing at times. So I'm excited for that. I am going to see Black Widow. Um, I think they're going to continue to do that whole like feminist angle, though, all the time. But, but I, I thought Black Widow um, was a prequel. I thought that- Well, it's going to be, from what I understand, it's going to be from right after Winter Soldier. So that's before she dies. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. <laughs> ah, no, I, I thought, though... No, I thought it was going to be a prequel prequel, like, back when she was... Not from what they were saying. From what they're saying, that particular movie is going to pick up right after Winter Soldier. That's the crazy things about these movies. They don't give a shit. They will put... They, somebody's dead. Um... Black Panther's getting another movie, you know? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, like... Well, he's, he's still... He came back. But it's, it's going to pick up... After right. the Black Panther movie. And just like the, the new Spider-Man. He's... I don't know if it's... I think it's after the uh, after Endgame. So I think it's actually post-Endgame. So... Yeah, they're, 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 they just want to keep milking that cow. Because, you know, it, it's still drawing. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, so far, the new Spider-Man's gotten a lot of good reviews. And you know and that the new Thor is going to be Natalie Portman. Well, that's what they're talking about. I'm hoping it's not. But in the comic books, Thor became a woman. Oh, really? Yeah. And I don't know much about that because it, it's been like in the last 15, 20 years and I read comic books. So they just... Well, I know they're doing another Guardians movie, so maybe they're just going to use Hemsworth and that and then use Portman going forward after that. I don't know. It's definitely been up for discussion, that's for sure. So, I mean, I love I love Natalie Portman so much. I love her. I love she's just she's gorgeous and she's adorable and well, she's a lot of good films. And she's professional, still one of my favorites. So is Black Swan was good. Black Swan was good. love Black Swan. Well, obviously the ballet, but I honestly I have I don't really have a problem with it because of you know. He, he who is worthy can can pick up the hammer of Thor. So she who is worthy, mm-hmm. haha. I I think if they're gonna go that angle, it it might be, you know, may, maybe not after Asgard was uh, destroyed, kind of thing, because she disappeared. She hasn't been. Well, they said that she was on some island somewhere. Okay, she's on some island. No, she's not. She's up in Asgard, and then Asgard gets this. Who knows where she is? But you could go lots of different ways. It just it just depends on how creative you want it to be. But again, in the comic books over the last like fifteen years, there was a female Thor. 
So see, I didn't know that. She did. Because I'm the bigger nerd. Bigger nerd, yeah. Alright, so we are going to continue back with the music. Um, But a quick point. uh, The first track we got from the album Death Ritual just came out in January. It's from a local band called Yatra. Uh, Local to us, Ocean City, Maryland. Yep. Um, a three-piece, um, pretty cool people. I talked to them occasionally on Facebook. Uh, we, I don't think we ever got around to playing their stuff when we did the whole Maryland local metal scene thing. Uh, I don't think I had any music from them, but, uh, either way, you're gonna get a chance to hear them. Uh, it's sludgy doom metal. Uh, not something you would expect, especially from Ocean City. Like, I don't hear of any bands coming out of that particular Ocean area. City, if you, if you're not it's from like around here, area. it's, in the summer, the population soars to like 150,000 off season there's maybe 10,000 people there so to be a local to Ocean City it's it's kind of unique and they also got signed to SB, STB Records as of today so they're really excited about that so is the label um, but like I said they already put out a release this year their, their debut which is called Death Ritual which came out in January And this track I'm going to play for you from that album is called Black Moon.
DJ Nubis and DJ back with you on Metal Tavern Radio the podcast. It's about that time. It's time for the rock block. The rock block. I feel like we're an 80s DJ. Alright. It's time for the rock block, guys. So put on your sunglasses, roll down those put the windows. shades on at night. Ooh, yes, yeah, <laughs> about to get crazy. Nah, but really though. Uh, it's kind of cool to do these type of shows because you can mix it up with a lot of different stuff. But let's think, rock and metal are like sisters. Yeah, they're closely I mean, related. Even punk rock, to a degree, is... Punk rock and death metal are cousins. So, that's one reason why I kind of changed the Hordes of Chaos to this, uh, what do we call it, uh, format, because... I like a lot of different stuff in different genres, especially in the rock and metal genre, so when I'm able to mix it all together, it's a little more convenient for me uh, as a host, as well as DJ Neko. But we, we have a very vast, like, collection of music, the two of us. Right. Like, it, it goes from, I have musicals, and I have some things uh, like classical music, from ballets because I really enjoy the ballets to um, Demi Bourgier. So it's fun to kind of just say, hey, I appreciate this song because of this. Or, hey, like, this may not well, be. Well, the funny thing is, even Demi Bourgier is kind of influenced with their orchestras through classic exactly. music. Exactly. So. That's what I mean. Like, you, 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 you sit and listen to music, and sometimes you. Just think about a friend of yours who may not have the same taste in music, but you may be more alike than you realize because a lot of the actual rhythm and music that you're hearing, not don't not the lyrics, not just think of honestly one of my biggest, you know, guilty pleasures is Justin Timberlake. Same with DJ Anubis. I think he is very talented, he's a great dancer, and he pretty much does everything himself. He um, produces, he writes his music, and he collaborates with a lot of artists, and he does that because he wants to show people that, um, look, I can collaborate with Chris Stapleton, and I may not be a country singer, but I'm going to show you how hip-hop and country can cross over. It, that's the type of stuff you Well, it's been happening more and more. Brett I mean, Michaels, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kid Rock, they mm -hmm. all kind of dive into different stuff. But, but you want to realize that it just because you're like, oh, I'm a country fan, I'm a rock fan, I'm a hip-hop fan, I'm a metal fan, I always say, go back to the baseline. Think about it. You know, the stuff that we find that we really like sometimes has just that strong baseline. Yeah, I'm not as big on the other genres anymore as I once was. I do still have a big love for 80s pop music for whatever reason. And Katy Perry. Not necessarily. Oh, uh, don't lie. No, seriously. Like, I I, yeah, I can listen. Right. But it's not something I'm going to listen to on the norm. So, like, rock and metal is always going to be first and foremost with me. 
that's pretty much all I listen to most of the day. But yeah, occasionally a pop song here or there will catch my attention. Uh, I can appreciate the artist, obviously, but uh, just I don't know. I can't sit for long periods of time listening to Katy Perry. So it's like I think with me because I'm a tap tap dancing tap teacher. I look for that strong, like, I listened for percussion in music, and we were just joking about this the other day, the song Hot for Teacher. I would love to do a dance to that because it's got that drum beat. However, it's a little bit inappropriate for children, right. you know. So if I did a dance to that, I'd have to use just the instrumental version. I love to hear great percussion, a nice bass line, so sometimes you could surprise me. I could just pop on a song and I'm like, I've never heard this song, but I love it because it's got that nice, you know, it's the oomph that you oomph. want. And that's our rock block. We want we want the songs that give us the oomph. Well, not only that, but like I said, they have a close relation to metal. Um, especially nowadays, there's so much crossover between rock and metal and just metal bands in general. Like... You have so many subgenres to the genres, and anyway, we could go on forever with this. But think about, too, um, the way that metal has evolved. Back when my mom, back in the 70s, um, you know, Black Sabbath, I we still consider metal. ACDC was considered metal. They're like, ACDC is heavy metal. Black Sabbath is heavy metal. You know, that's just, it's heavy metal. And now when you mention heavy metal to your contemporaries and you're just like, oh, I'm talking about heavy metal, all they think about is people screaming and, like, you know, slitting goats' throats. And <laughs> so it's gone from, like, ACDC to, you know, sacrificing goats. And I, that's good. I, I know some people think it's a little bit extreme, but... Well, the wonderful thing about that is, and then we I kind of posted on your Facebook page earlier is this band came out called uh, they've actually been around for a while I didn't know but they're called Black Mountain and uh, they're psychedelic rock and uh, we love psychedelic rock they have a lot of a classic rock vibe to them so like their latest release is really good I'll be playing some of their stuff next on the next podcast but it, it's funny watching some of these bands that are now in the modern age like going back to the roots and we talk about that with Ghost they're mm -hmm. using a lot of influence from that period of time and it's coming full circle and now you just find more and more bands doing post rock and classic rock and it's really cool to see a lot of good stuff out there that people just aren't aware of and that's the good thing about this show now is without the radio station where I had certain segments to take care of all the uh different genres like that uh now it's all into the this is like a menagerie so, right and the other thing too like going post-rock going you know alternative rock going whatever you strip anything down even metal you take it down to like an acoustic or acapella version there was this uh it's not a cappella, but it's almost of uh, Twisted Sisters. We're not going to take it. Dee Snyder singing it like, and it sounds like what a, a ballad. It's like a strong the way he. If it's good, it's going to be good no matter how you 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 play it out. Like we're not going to take it. It's like a fun party anthem, 
But then this uh, D did this not too long ago. He he remixed it. Yeah, he remixed it, stripped it down to this ballad, and D has the vocals. He has the power to like pull it out as a power ballad, and it's fabulous. So that's one thing. That's another thing I love about rock. There's lots of power in rock. The singing is like. <laughs> so anyway, in this rock block, as I said, uh, we've got DJ Neko's Pick of the Week coming up, as well as some bands uh, you may not have heard of, uh, especially now it's more of in the alternate, alternative and post-rock areas, Narrowgate, Ola England, and Elevators to the Grateful Sky, uh, as well as classics from Sweet and Zebra. So when we get to the point where DJ like Neko is going to be talking about her pick of the week we will stop and uh do our thing there with that but we're going to kick things off with narrow gate called dove and raven
Torrify from Victoria, B.C. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Stay thrashing. Looks like the angel's calling It's a lonely, lonely day St. Joe, you must be joking well, don't take my life away Somebody's gonna cry when they ask about you 
there's gonna be many answers now for you Calling now The angels calling now DJ Anubis. Coming back to you with the rock block. <laughs> Zebra, Angels Calling there. Classic rock. Yeah. Good band. And Sweet, which I was really excited about. Some action. I want some action. Yeah, I think the first time I actually heard that wasn't from Sweet. It was from Black and Blue, the hard rock band from the 80s. And then in the early 90s, Def Leppard covered it as well. So pretty interesting trivia there. So it's about that time though for the DJ Neko pick of the week. Ooh. So tell us a little bit about what you have selected as our song. So of the this is, you know, the last couple of weeks I've picked songs that had very deep spiritual meaning to me. You know, last week. We did Pink Floyd, and I'm like, oh, this is my dream to do a dance to this. And we did Jimmy World, because it was a song that uplifted me when I was in the darkest of my times. This song is just the first song that I ever heard by Nine Inch Nails, and it just sucked me in. That's interesting, because... Of course, I'm a little older than you, but you're an old man. Pretty hate machine. Head like a hole was the first one I saw. Like it was like the whole thing. But I think this came out before Head Like a Hole. If it did, it would have been like because like they re-released. Uh, I don't even know if it's re-released. I think it came after. Like Broken was like a '93 or '94. Pretty hate machine was '92. Back to my, you know non-sleeping teenage years where I would stay up late and some nights it would be Headbangers Ball some nights it would be what what was it 120 minutes yeah this was, was a, on that was a popular one with all the alternative rock this stuff. was on 120 minutes and I was just sucked in by Nine Inch Nails when I heard this song I said this this is the first day <laughs> And what is the song they'll be hearing? We will be hearing Wish by Nine Inch Nails. So here we go, all. Here's the intro, and then you will hear the tune. The tune. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. We will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. 
Jay Neko's pick of the week.
DJ Nut Neko and DJ Anubis. <laughs> radio. We're two peas in a pod. <laughs> yeah. Go girl. You go girl. I, I I had him slightly distracted because I had him listening to Gwen Stefani for a hot second. So sorry, sorry, listeners. Yeah, she chooses to play on her phone on the off time that we're playing music, so then I like I'm all flustered. Anyhow. Anyhow. Uh, interesting thing to talk about now is Shark Week is about ready to kick off for the Discovery Channel, but for the last week or so we've been watching... Two weeks on Nat Geo. Shark Festival on Nat Geo. And apparently they're going another week, so it's like three weeks now they're doing this. So they're clearly competing with Discovery for the whole shark thing going on. The one thing I like about them versus Shark Week. Now, we've been watching Shark Week for, what, 17 years? Oh, yeah. Easily. We stopped about a couple years ago, but but we will We would watch a show here and there. Everything with Shark Week seemed overproduced. It was very fake, and it wasn't... They took a lot of heat for that. It wasn't as exciting as it used to be. Yeah, they wanted to get a little more serious with the science part of it. And I understand some of that, obviously. But let's face it. People tune in for shark attacks and the stories that come with it. And It's not even that, though. They wouldn't even show real shark attacks. It was all reenactments. Right. So it wasn't as, and then it had as the authentic whole, like, as it used Megalodon to be. Yes, 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 yes. Let's not forget that. Crikey. But Shark Festival... Um, the Shark Fest on Nat Geo has its own problems as it's not anything huge. I can still enjoy a lot of the, the content they have, but like as her and I are watching, it's like they go with these theories that start out as one thing and then they turn around and say, well, that can't be it. So now they're going to try another theory. But what I like about it is it's actual scientists and they they're like, okay, so there was a shark attack off of California. Let's figure out why. And then they, they throw all of these different ideas at you, and then they are like, well, that's debunked, so it's not that. When really, though, it's just what I said at the beginning of the episode, is that sharks are predators, and if you're in their way... It's more people in the water statistically if you have more people in the water. A lot of cases that's true. South Africa and all them, they all there are certain areas that they're complaining about the shark attacks is where more tourists are going. More more tourists, more more literally more people in the water. What I found the most interesting though was the show we were watching the other day where it was like giant octopus versus tiger shark. They were taking like two giant predators and pinning them side by side saying, you know, who would win and how would this happen? And what we watched today about a pod of orcas who actually took down a great white shark. And honestly, orcas are super intelligent, so it doesn't surprise me. And they're much bigger than great white sharks. So it's just fun to see 
scientists out there like, yes, these orcas are intelligent and this is how they did it. The, yeah, they're actually recognizing certain orcas. So, for instance, oh, the one in 97. The, 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 um, the birthmark, they said, right. on its head. And they said, yeah, that one... Uh, that's and that's something I didn't know, is that certain orca pods hunt differently. Like, the one that apparently took the shark down also took down seals. So that they were like what they called basically a, a rogue pod where they were just like, we don't care what every other pod's doing, we're doing our own thing. And that particular pod, when they killed the sharks, they only wanted the liver. Yeah, well, that's how they all act, but... Because that's the only thing that really sustains them. Nothing else with a shark is very edible for them. They love the liver. It's like... A lot of nutrients for them. It's, it's, keeps it's, their buoyancy up. It's it's like a great white foie gras. And if you're curious, the reason why we're talking about this because much like a few episodes ago, uh, we're Godzilla fans. We're also big shark fans. And if you didn't know this, DJ Anubis, when he was about 10, was attacked by a shark. Black tip shark while he was spear fishing in Acapulco. This is not a joke. This is not me like busting on him or any he Oh li- she's busted on I me, have, but I, I, I just I he literally was attacked by a shark when he was ten years old. And ever since then he has been completely enthralled by sharks. Most people who were attacked by sharks they are fearful. Well, it depends on the scenarios. A lot of people that are attacked by sharks actually become interested in them and preserving them, which I'm all for. Uh, but I'm also a realist, and it's when you enter the ocean, no matter where, you're at risk for any kind of shark attack. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of shark it is. So, you know, obviously those that have faced... A more traumatic attack, whether it's a loss of a loved one or limbs or whatever, that can be a little harder to overcome and be like sympathetic to sharks. But luckily for me, it just you know bit me a little bit, you know, a little bit of flesh, and that was about it. At, but at ten years old, that's a pretty traumatic experience. But, it really is. I'm 38. I, and it would be traumatic. But I think because I'd already seen. Jaws at age five at the drive-in, and you know I was already aware that they could be out there and all that, so I already had the knowledge of that. That it's not really the shark's fault, uh, especially with spearfishing. I was gonna say, especially in your case, while you were spearfishing, the shark didn't even care about you. They were going after the fish on right. your spear, so right. it was the the if the shark could say my bad to you, he would say my bad because he said, "Whoops, I he, missed." He, he just wanted your fish. Right. That's all. And and that's just basically. I mean, obviously, sharks can mistake people all the time. It's not really. It's not always a mistake. I don't think. That's my own theory. Is that sharks are scavengers and they're opportunists. So if they can get an easier meal out of me floating on top of the water as opposed to a seal that's fucking around with them out there in the deep ocean. We saw, though, that some of those fur seals will get those smaller. Well, and that's what you were talking about with the predator versus predator is that depending on the size, like, people don't realize seals can get very big, like, almost as big as sharks. So 
if you have a shark that's smaller in size and a seal can overtake it, they'll do that, and they have. And a lot of times, you always see the great whites uh, charging the seals as they're, you know, swimming in op open waters, but that's the only way a lot of times that sharks can get the seals is they have to stun them. They have to sneak up and use their speed. Seals have a lot more maneuverability than sharks do, so a lot of times, you know, seals can kind of swim away and hopefully get back to their, you know, little group and be okay. But the sharks, when they can, they wait, they're patient, and they'll just zoom up and use their speed and their actual, like, weight to just, you know, boom over the, over the seal. It's just amazing. Like, nature is crazy. Nature is metal. Metal. But yeah, uh... You know, it looks like that uh, Nat Geo is going to actually start competing with Discovery and the whole shark thing. They're doing it around the same time of the year. And be interesting how that plays out. Like, I know that Discovery has had the... Uh, They've had Shark Week for a long time. Right, it was like their thing for so long. So it, 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 it'll be interesting. Now we're that, watching Shark Fest. Right. Th but it's before. Shark Week is coming up. Shark so, Week is actually starting this week. I think, yeah, so. so they've been doing Shark Fest already they're they're competing with them so that they can get the leg up and they've got better quality programming they've got at least for now we haven't seen anything from discovery yet but uh it looks like that uh they're but we do definitely love challenging we do them, love right? snuffy <laughs> that wasn't if you haven't seen snuffy the seal go to youtube and type in snuffy the seal it's like a promo vid for shark week from a couple of years ago but funny so check it out all right, so uh, I've got another track here uh, from a promotional group that sent me the track, uh, Grand Sounds Promotion, which I did a lot of work with when the radio station was still up. What's the name of the band? Hypersonic. It's a symphonic, nice. good female vocal band. Oh, well, Girl Power. Girl Power. And the song is called Path of Salvation. So nice. Check good. it out, and we'll be back in a few
Hey there, this is Hugo Flores from Factory of Dreams and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Enjoy the music. DJ Newis and DJ Neko back with you on Metal Tavern Radio, the podcast. Kind of looking at some videos for those wet and wild slides. Missy's uh, pumping her chest. About oh my god! Okay, she's like, I'm badass. I went down with no nets, no nothing. So this is back in like 1994, where they didn't care what you did. They don't even have this slide anymore. It was about 12 flights of steps that you climbed up, and it was kind of scary. And it was also exhausting, so by the time you get up to the top of the stairs, you're like, I could go 20... Just put me in the yeah, water! I could, go, I could go three seconds down this slide, or I could walk down. And I remember, I, I literally was about 12 years old. My sister and I, my, my good girlfriend, Tiffany, we we loved this water park. It had a, a lazy river, which you love, too. So we'd go, to, we'd go to the water park, and we'd float in our floaties all day, and we'd look at this slide, and it would roar, literally roar, whoosh, when somebody would go down it, and they both dared me to do it. And I'm like, I didn't burp, but I said... <laughs> I said, okay, I'll do it. What's the worst thing that could happen? So it took longer to climb up the 12 flights of stairs than it did to come down the slide. So I'm it always is. I'm climbing up the steps, climbing up the steps. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, climbing up. And Tiffany and my, and my sister Nikki are down at the bottom, and they're clapping and cheering for me. Nobody goes on this slide because it's super tall and super scary. I get to the top, and the guy's like, okay, you have to lean back, and you have to cross your arms across your chest, because if you don't and you lean forward, there is a possibility that you will tumble and you might break your neck. So me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a pencil. I'm going to slide right down into the water, and I'm just like, oh. It took... A quarter of a second to get down that slide. It was like water swooshed up Into all your asshole. up my butt. Up, whoosh. <laughs> I have never flown. I can't believe I did that. And then I went back and did it again because I'm well, like. It's like once you get to it, it's like the roller coaster. Once you've done it once, then it's like everything's sailing after that. It cracked me up because. It's so, it's exhilarating, and they don't have a lot of these slides anymore, especially now. They all are covered by um, nets and tubing. This slide, it, this slide doesn't exist anymore in Ocean City, which is where we were. I, well, back, it was back on the boardwalk, back, back in, back in the day, 20-some years ago, almost 30-some years ago, and we would my mom and dad would just like drop us off there we'd float around you know have a good time it would be a great thing for 12 year olds to do all day and i was telling her that the bahamas has one it's a hydro tube that goes through the aquarium there and you can see the sharks and everything else of course depending on how fast you're going you may not get to enjoy much of it but yeah it, it's pretty cool i want to try that someday are you going to do it for real for realies 
I would if we go there. Well, put this down on record. Bucket we, list. Bucket list. DJ Anubis going through the water slide in the Bahamas. Okay, so another topic we wanted to talk about today was the worst metal videos ever. And we'll, we'll kind of start... Okay, okay. We'll start back in the day, because... When you say worst... Worst best? <laughs> <laughs> that might apply to some now, but uh, let's face it. In hindsight, when we look back at, like, Call of the Winter Moon by Immortal, we're just... It's more comical than anything else. Call of the Winter Moon is... It's like the Rocky Horror of of black metal videos. Think about it. Like, at first, when people watch it, they're like, and that's Well, you know when they, they actually filmed it back then that they were, like, all serious. Like, this is like, oh, so cold. We're in the forest. But that, that's... And we're evil. That, think about it, though. They're doing that. But then... When people first see it, they're like, like, and then it's like a fine wine. It gets better every time. Well, as it goes now, the band, you know, they probably look at that and say, "God damn, we were fucking crazy." And even though they still kind of do similar things like that in their other videos nowadays, it's just like back then you're just kind of like, "What were you thinking?" I honestly don't think Immortal will say that to this day. I think... Well, I think to a degree, they won't. I think they're kind of proud of it. Because Abath, you know, even though he's doing his own thing now, you know, he still does that, like, crab thing that he does. And, you know, it's like... It is part of the shtick, but... And maybe now they don't take themselves quite as seriously as they did back then, but... It's still funny. I don't care how you put it. It, it is kind of funny. It's so funny that... You and me and our nephew dressed up like a mortal from Call of the Winter Moon for Halloween. Yep, you were the witch. I was the witch. And we did a very good job. You did a good job with the I, corpse paint. I, I do love the corpse paint. I I hate calling it a bad video though because it suits the song. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? But when you think... It's almost like a B-rated movie. <laughs> it's bad, but you love it. C-rated movie. A C? No. <laughs> it's, you know... It may not be the best production. It may not be, you know, flashy and there's fireworks or whatever. It, it just gets the job done. They're having a good time out in the forest... And it's super high contrasty, and they're running around, mm-hmm. and they go, huh. Oh, and fire, yeah. and everything else. Whew, whew, huh. Yeah, right? I mean... But now, obviously, uh, you can make a distinction between bad good versus intentional versus just really bad. And we've, we saw a link for what they believe the 20 worst modern metal videos ever, and of course... I'm a big Wasp fan, and I love Chris Holmes Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. But his video that he did, I guess for some solo project that he's working on, is just... I mean, I understand you might not have... It looks like it was filmed on the worst camera 
ever. Yeah, it, it, it's like, I know you may not have a lot of money, but, you know, it's, maybe get a job and save and try to do a And the bad. song is bad, too. Right. And the quality is bad. Everything is bad. I feel like we were talking about the documentary, um... Oh, the uh, decline of Western civilization. Yeah. And he's in it. And this happened, you know, not too long after the documentary. And during that documentary, he's, like, floating around, fully clothed, in a pool, and dumping vodka all over him. Uh, and like, like ah! JV? Oh, no, it was vodka. It was vodka. I'm drinking the vodka. So I feel like this is kind of... The him, after yeah, it's almost like the after effect. I don't want to say it's like him becoming sober, but it might have been like him trying to become relevant again. And well, obviously, I mean, he's, I don't think he's in Lost anymore. I'm not, you know, but he's been in and out of that band for a while. But certainly, when it comes to videos, if you're gonna try to branch out on your own, or even just, you have to put some thought into it. You just have to. And that one doesn't have a whole lot of thought. I think, though, there was a lot of thought because it was early 90s and they probably... Well, this video is not early 90s. I don't know what... This is more recent. Like, I don't... Really? Yeah, you see, like, oh, age, my gosh. it's more recent. Oh, I thought That's it was... That's what makes it bad. I thought it was early 90s. I'm like, they're working no, with what they have. No, no, Christ. No. Oh, my goodness. Jesus Cristo. <laughs> and then another video, of course, we saw was the new Twilight Force, um... It's basically power metal. But the thing is, it's not bad. It is, like, produced like a movie, but it's super corny. Oh, it's so It's corny. so Cheesy. corny. They got the whole dress of, like, the Lord of the Rings shit going on. and Magic. And yeah. But, uh, you know, you can tell, though, that band, as they shot the video, they laugh at themselves with everything they're doing. So they, they definitely take the subject matter seriously enough when they write their songs they're very talented musicians but like when it comes to the video they they know exactly what they're doing in terms of like trying to make the audience like understand that it is for cheesy moments it's all about that especially the part where so they're doing lord of the rings kind of you know play and then the guy who's being the wizard turns the guitarist into a woman and then he's surprised and then he fixes him and then he turns him back into the guitarist and then he can reach into the eye of Sauron to get his guitar and start playing the solo it was it was kind of again but it's like the little things like the one dude that had the scepter and the light wasn't on so he tapped it (laughs) (laughs) so i mean it's just kind of little things like that you notice that they know that they're not taking themselves super seriously about it uh but they're having fun with it but uh it does still make for a pretty bad video in terms of like just you know when you think of melody you're not thinking of all the corny shit that comes with it so Nowadays, it's not as corny as it used to be. No. But, but let's go back to the 80s when we're thinking about, you know, Judas Priest, Turbo Lover. Yeah, but see, no one really understood it back then. Now we understand <laughs> it. But, <laughs> but that, I mean, there there is a charm to being corny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is sometimes okay to be corny. The funny thing about that, though, is like it was only... 
three years later when they did Painkiller, and that's... And that was not corny at all. The video is, like, straight up metal in your fucking face. I mean, it's it's there. So, and that just shows you the versatility of Priest during her career, that they could just go from semi-rock, glam rock, to, like, straight-on heavy metal, so... I mean... I just appreciate any band that wants to put out a music video anymore. I mean, it's like... Oh, yeah. I mean, even though they don't have MTV, the fact that you can go on YouTube or the band pages and they'll advertise it. I mean, it does. It's I've always liked it because it gives you a chance to see the musicians that are playing and what they're doing. Like, it puts a face to the music. Mm-hmm. That's always nice to see, so... Music videos used to be such a big deal, and nowadays... I used to go... Right? Take a VCR mm-hmm. and record all my favorite videos back then. I mean, back to Michael Jackson, he was king of the music video. He would It would be a full-on production movie. I mean, he had Eddie Murphy in one of his videos. But, like, nowadays... We're, this is back to the we're old thing and we're gonna die soon so <laughs> I'm not I don't want to get sad but we're leaving our legacy behind we're with leaving the podcast. Our legacy. but just I love to see bands do music videos again I love it I I just I don't care if you want to be corny I don't care if you want to be serious just keep doing music videos because Back in the day... Well, even if it's low budget. I mean, Sniper's a Babel. I've done a couple now. But don't call them low budget. Well, it I'm was, just saying it it's... It was highly produced. Yeah, but it's not like they spent a lot of money on it. That's what I mean. It's like... It's probably something Mike did or even just someone they knew that wasn't going to charge them an hour and late to get that video done. It's it's very good uh, for what it is. It's, so it's just... You know, they didn't have to go to, like, John Carpenter to get time. Right, them, right, so. right. But see... On the flip side of that, back in the 90s, the BC Boys, Spunk Jones, you know, they they had sabotage done by him. I mean, like... Right, they had the financial backing to do something like that. Think about that. Back in the day, that was... Doing a music video was like doing a movie. Nowadays, nobody... I mean... Some still do it. I mean, Amon Amarth. They're pretty, uh... I know, like but... Twilight of the Thunder guy is all, like, It's beautiful. Movie. And Demu, um... Progeny, mm-hmm. But I, I just think about... Because you're, you're a little bit older than me, and you really remember, because you were a teenager, so you really remember, like, the music video... I mean, my mom and dad were. You yeah, know. I don't think it. I don't think it was even. It might have been Guns N' Roses that started. I can get a little more elaborate with their videos. Well, no, it was Michael Jackson. Well, Thriller. But I'm talking just from a rock perspective. I'm not mm-hmm. even talking about pop. That's a whole different. But animal. before any of that, let's talk pre-80s. A music video was like somebody just recording somebody while they're, you know, playing whatever concert or they're on soul train or whatever they're doing the 80s hit and mtv started and and people realized that these music videos could be like little mini movies and it just got more intricate as time went on and then somewhere 
around the early 2000s, we lost that. And it, it kind of makes me sad. Well, that's the age of the internet, though. Things start to change a little bit. And, uh... So, I mean, things are more accessible now. So, I mean, in a way, it's good. MTV kind of left that thing behind when it went to the whole, like, real TV stuff mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, MTV is, like, a I reality. I mean, VH1, I think they've kind of picked up on the old stuff. And they kind of, even though they still kind of do some of the same things that MTV does, they still have a lot of videos, too. I used to watch the whole, like, uh, Mental Mania they did. Mm-hmm. Oh, you loved Metal Mania. You would you would record that. All right, so we're gonna get back to some more new stuff. Uh, the second track in this next blog is from Brand of Sacrifice. I really like that record. Uh, sort of like what kind of style is? It's like death metal and deathcore. Of course, I don't like use deathcore. I hate that term, but it's it's sort of in that vibe. Okay. Uh, but to start the, the new uh, segment off, uh, brand new Nomas, a uh, local band from Yeah, Atlanta. Nomas! Our boys. Uh, they're currently it's on tour boys. right now. I believe they're in Las Vegas, they just posted about. So if you're in that area, uh, of course this is a delayed podcast, so you're probably not even going to know about it until we post it. But anyway, they are on tour. Uh, very good death grindcore band from Maryland. Check them out. Uh, they have a new EP that's going to be released, I think, at the end of the month. Uh, luckily for me, I know Mike Giuliano from Horror Pain Gore Death Records. And you know the band! Right, so I get the preview of that stuff from their Last Laugh EP that's coming out. The song's called Rabia. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It looks like that's how that's pronounced. So here it is. Brand new shit from No Moss. Shit, new, brand new shit. 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 No mas. Here we go.
DJ Nibbles and DJ Neko back with you on Metal Tavern Radio, the podcast. That was super, like, like an atmosphere about it. Like, it was so... Atmospheric, depressive blackmail, basically, from... I can't remember the guy's name. It was this that album was 2010. One of my favorite segments from. He's from Seattle. It was. It grabbed me. Like. I. I've never heard that song before, and I'm like. But you weren't crazy about Quest for Serenity. I. You know. But that's the thing. Sometimes you connect with it. Sometimes you don't. Which is okay. It happens. I mean, I like almost everything, but sometimes, you know, Anywho, I want to appreciate all of you who have tuned in for this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Obviously, I should have DJ Neko for at least another week or two before she tends to go out for her little duties. My duties. Her I'm a date. sailor, motherfucker. Sailor. Sailor Moon. <gasps> so. Oh, God. <laughs> New tangent. Going off on a tangent, one of my favorite animes is Sailor Moon. So, my mom and I decided we were going to do Halloween together, and she dressed up as Cruella DeVille. And I promised her I would dress up as a Dalmatian, but I didn't. I dressed up like Sailor Moon. Hold on, I gotta do the whole. <laughs> you can't see it, and thank God. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in my early 20s, late teens, I was obsessed with anime. And there was this, this place in the mall called Another Universe. I don't know if, if it was a local place or if it was like, you know, regional or national or whatever, but this place was my home. And they had a Sailor Moon costume and I said, this girl needs this costume. I bought the costume. I bought the, the blonde wig. I, I put my hair up, and my mom's like, I thought you were going to be an animation. And I'm like, eh, well, you know. Whoops. My bad. Anywho. Anywho, who are we closing out with tonight, DJ Anubis? Skeletal Remains, who are currently playing Metal Days. And I'm jealous, but... I am too. We have like three friends at Metal Days, and we're not there. Yeah happens we'll, we'll get there eventually uh, again thanks for tuning in hope you enjoyed the music uh should have another podcast sometime next week i'm not sure when i'm gonna post this one up probably in a couple days but thanks for tuning in and we appreciate all the support obviously thank you much here it is last track of the evening skeletal remains seismic abyss one of my favorite albums yes